wellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to A Quirky Journey, the healthy family podcast with your hosts, Joe Witten and Leah Follett. Welcome to A Quirky Journey. Join us as we share our family's journeys to good health. You'll find plenty of inspiration, tips and recipe ideas, as well as stories from everyday people who've struggled and overcome health problems and diet challenges in their own families. I'm Jo Witten, author of the blog and book Quirky Cooking, and I'm here with my amazing friend and co-host, Leah Follett. Hi, Hi how are you? Are? Good. G'day. And also another absolutely gorgeous friend of mine, Alex Stewart. Hi, Hi, Alex. So good to be with you guys today. Oh, we're really looking forward to it, aren't we, Leah? Oh, super. Yeah. Um, I've known Alex. I was, I was trying to explain to Leah where I met you, Alex, and I was thinking, um, where did I meet you? I guess it was online. Yeah, I know. We met what? online, online yeah. blogger dating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't remember how long we've known each other for, but it seems like a while. Um, I think it's been a good two or three years yeah. because, um, you were down in Sydney for something shortly after we met and then we, we caught up there well, at the Food Revolution Day picnic and yeah. That's right. And you mm. came up here. That's right. I went down, um, two years ago it would have been for the bloggers, um, yeah. thing. That's what it was. And we all got together and had breakfast and went on a bloggers picnic. No, no, the Food Revolution picnic. That's yeah, what it was. Exactly. Yeah. And then I've been down again and you've been up here and yeah. Yeah. So, um, Alex and I have a very similar way of um, thinking about food and eating. Yes, um, we do. So we enjoy each other's recipes. And Alex is also uh, quite an expert on um, all things organic, non-GMO, and um, where your food comes from, and also the whole um, more than food. The, the toxins in your home, the chemicals that are surrounding us in our society, how to minimize those in your in your home and family. Is there anything you want to ex- else you want to say about that? No, not really right now, but just okay. so so that people kind of get an idea of what I'm about. It's really about what you put inside you, but not just that what you put on, what goes on around you, mm-hmm. and also to stay happy because that's such a huge part of the wellness puzzle, yes, what goes yes. on inside your head because we can get really OCD about, mm-hmm. um, you know, food and that can become a really stressful issue and it really shouldn't, neither should the toxins in our environment. We've got to, we've got to make sure we check in with our heads <laughs> on this journey. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm. So today we're going to talk about how to eat clean. Obviously, we'll talk about food, um, but we'll also be talking about making the best choices for our family and our home in other areas as well with chemicals and all those sort of things, environment and all of that. So we're looking forward to this. And I'm just covering a couple of little things. (laughs) Yes, just a a few. We're just going to solve the world's problems, basically. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) Could be interesting. All right. So, All right. Well, in solving the world's problem, where do you start? Yes, exactly. Where do we start? It's a, it's a big, it's a big thing. Well, let's just start with what we're good at. Let's just start with food. <laughs> yeah. But can right. we start with um, Alex's background because oh, yes, I don't know do her. That. It's all very nice and good for you because yes, you're, sorry, you know, yes, you're a blogging buddy. Yeah. But I, I don't know her. I don't know her from Vara Soap. So let's get that done. What's, yes. Tell right. us your story, Alex. What's the story? 
So I um, do not have a health practitioner background at all. I'm not a naturopath or a doctor or a nutritionist or any of those things. I'm just one of those people who, like so many of us, had certain health concerns that led me once I had banged my head against a brick wall enough to ask a broader question, which was what are the other pathways to trying to find healing, to try to feel better? And, you know, it's, it's so interesting how much easier it is now to really, um, you know, go to Dr. Google and, and see a whole bunch of nutritional, naturopathic, kinesiological, um, all these other sort of modalities and ways of finding health. Whereas 10, 15 years ago, um, when I started asking myself that question, you know, surely taking antibiotics over and over and over again is not helping me out here there's got to be a better way it was actually a really difficult question to answer for myself it, there was not the resource that we have now so um i started out uh, left uni had no idea what i wanted to do but people knew that i liked my friends who were kind of helping me try and figure out what to do with my life knew that i was really good at recommending stuff they just knew that um i would always be the one who told them what makeup to buy, how to apply it, or where to shop. Or I was a bit of a little black, walking little black book for my friends. You were always researching, I guess. I'm, that's I'm that's all the important stuff. I'm a total nerd. <laughs> uh, that kind of... Um, that's the kind of friend you need. Do the, the hard work for you. Yes. Well, if I give you my mobile number, can you tell me when all the sales are on as well? Because I seem to miss them every time. Uh, you'd be disappointed in me now because I don't buy much anymore. I've kind of moved out the other end of that. But um, I, yeah, so I went into cosmetics because that just seemed like a really fun industry for a young woman. You know, I was 21 and I got promoted quite quickly um, to being a regional manager. So I was flying really regularly for work at the age of 22, 23, business class over to the French Ooh, wow. Pacific and had, you know, the ego kind of got the better of me because I never really asked myself what I really wanted to do, what I was passionate yeah. about. And so I had a bit of a quarter-life crisis when I was 25. <laughs> so burnt out. <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. Yeah, I was just so burnt out. I was so busy, you know, and I'd never really um, um, taken time to enjoy that early 20s. Everyone else was travelling and maybe living a bit overseas and maybe, you know, and I just, mm. I had adventured in the work sense and it was very exciting but not so much in the life sense. So I naturally then became a singer in a nightclub. Um, <laughs> naturally, as you do. That was the absolutely logical sidestep and then um, started bartending because you obviously have to make a bit of cash and I really liked watching them work with all these different spirits and juices and fruits and create these concoctions and it just excited me so much and I had grown up as a convenience-driven family. Um, you know, I was microwaving pasta meals, I was microwaving eggs, I was microwaving popcorn, I was microwaving every damn thing you could possibly microwave <laughs> um, and buying like, you know, takeaway chicken and takeaway salads and all that sort of stuff. So I wasn't really much of a cook, but obviously bartending brought out this first kind of wave of getting curious with flavours and really loving creating things for people. So... um I guess underpinning both of those career choices so far was the fact that I was still really unwell with tonsillitis all the time. Mm. Just honestly, I'd get it maybe 10 to 12 times a year. So I was 
pretty much two weeks on, two weeks off antibiotics for many, many years. Yeah, it was really bad. Um, and in the cosmetic years, I then also got PCOS, so polycystic ovarian syndrome, for those who don't know what that stands for, um, is something that brings with it a whole host of uh, side effects, um, which could be anything from weight loss resistance to acne to insulin resistance to um, extreme facial hair. Thank God I didn't get that one, <laughs> but a lot of people do, sadly, and, oh, wow. um, which is really hard for girls. But, um, but, you know, I look back at that cosmetic time and I think, oh, my gosh, every second woman had endometriosis or polycystic ovarian syndrome or um, really severe PMS or really heavy periods or um, couldn't get pregnant or miscarriages. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's no accident to me because none of my other friends outside that industry seem to have those issues. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, to be honest, because I do love nerding out, it's something I'm considering studying as a master's in environmental mm-hmm. sciences because I just think what an amazing thing to kind of try and pin yeah. some stuff on these crazy chemicals in that industry. Um, but anyway, that's a total sidestep. No, that's interesting. <laughs> Who knows whether I'll do that or not, but, um, but it's interesting to me because mm. it really does seem like a bit of a cluster. Um, yeah, so after hospitality kind of started to wear off, I'm just, you know, working very late nights and, and getting lots of migraines and having really bad um, uh, uh, back pain. It was actually quite gruelling work, really physical um, and very chemical-oriented. I mean, you know, I, there wasn't a day that I didn't have a spray and wipe bottle in my hand for two hours at a time cleaning up the bar, no gloves, no mask, none of that. So, again, you know, and then as soon as I left that industry, I didn't have migraines anymore. The same thing happened when I initially left cosmetics, no migraines anymore. Um, I don't, again, I don't think these are accidents, but it sort of made me start to think, well, I really love recommending and I really love influencing people's choice to discover new things and wouldn't it be amazing if I could just start doing that um, and help people get healthy, like Mm. just... It seemed like a pie-in-the-sky kind of dream. I really didn't know how to join the dots. So I just, as most people do, you just have it inside you, you've got to share, so you start a blog. Yep. Um, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and over time I had a little events business on the side that was working as a great little business while I had the little guy um, as a baby because it was just, you know, short, sharp bursts of work to keep the cash coming in the door, mm-hmm. but the blog started to grow and over three, nearly three years, last year or the year before last year, I created a little ebook, which mm-hmm. um, is Real Treats and that became an Amazon bestseller on the first day, Woo-hoo! which I'm pretty excited about. That was very exciting. Oh, my gosh, it was so amazing. <laughs> I just It was a topic I knew people needed help, not just eating healthier, yummy treats, but really understanding and getting to a place where we didn't feel like we were missing out mm. um, or you shouldn't eat things like those nasty packets of weirdness, but mm-hmm. that you, as if you would dream of that when you discovered just how delicious real treats were. So yes. that's really exciting. And then a year later I just decided um, that there were so many beginners wanting to ask me about pots and pans one day and what skincare should I use and what um, uh, water filter should I get and is fluoride really that bad and all these sorts of beginner's questions I was getting. So 
I decided to turn those into um, e-course um, products so that people could um, join me for a really focused month mm, and make wow. some awesome changes. So that's kind of, in a nutshell, the last 20 years of my working life. <laughs> so how has the course gone? I'm dying to hear. I mean, I helped yeah, can you tell everybody about it, but I haven't done it myself yet, and I would really I like to. Got to do it, Joe. It's so I want to. Yeah, you guys will do the next round for sure. Yeah, we got it. It's, um, I can't describe how much it blew me away. Um, the first course was just under 400 people, yeah. um, and you know, you make tiny changes and you see people making tiny changes and every now and then you get a little email from someone who thanks you for, you know, helping them discover something nice or a different way of doing things. Mm -hmm. But to have 400 people or nearly um, making these changes together and having that beautiful supportive private, private group situation mm. Where you really, I was doing the maths on some of the amounts of kilos of things like BPA or triclosan or, um, phenoxyethanol by the kilo, how much we were saving the world from going into the waterways, let alone on our skin and in our bodies. <laughs> like I, it was just blowing me away. I, I, I got goosebumps every day. Some of the admissions that people made, even just about one of the most simple topics we cover, which is, getting more um, grounded with the earth. And, you know, a lot of people find that really woo-woo when we first start. <laughs> but then, you know, they then people start to share these stories of how, oh, you know, everything was going to SHIT, the kids were just crazy and there were tantrums and I was nervous and stressed and I just told everyone, right, we're having dinner on the lawn out in the backyard, everybody take your shoes off, Yeah, let's take this whole thing outside and then within minutes... The family was communicating again and having a really beautiful time together. And, you know, we just forget how, how the simple, simple, simple things, um, are just such incredible tools for, for coping with some of the things that we think aren't solvable. Yeah. Alex, I call that free range. Yeah. In my house, it's free yeah. range. We're going, <laughs> we're going outside here. Scatter. Yes. Oh, I love that. And we do that for lunch quite often. Everyone yeah. outside on the grass. And I think being someone who doesn't even have so much as a balcony, we live in an apartment, oh, yeah. we we still manage to do it. You know, we just get outside as much as possible. We mm -hmm. go down to the local park or um, walk barefoot to school if that's all you can manage or just yeah. something that just keeps you connected with the earth in our built-up environments. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I think that helps people realise anyone can do it, being such yeah. a chick myself. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, and then we had, we've had three pregnancies, Ooh. um, from people who've had miscarriages for years, oh. who are now it's so exciting. And, oh, it's unbelievable. Just, we're so toxic. Yeah. <laughs> Just modern average person is it's either so toxic. toxic with stress or toxic with chemicals. Or both. Or both. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not rocket science, mm -hmm. but it just takes, Hitting that enrollment button, and I'm not doing this to sell this to people. It's mm -hmm. honestly such an individual choice as to when the time is right for people. But once you say, I'm signing up, even that alone makes you start to think, it does. I, I want stuff to be different. Yeah. And, um, 
And honestly, I've got a lump in my throat even just saying Aww. it. Now. It makes me so emotional. I'm so glad that you did that. It's been such a help to so many people. I've had lots of feedback about it. Like, you know, when I posted on my Facebook page and people say, oh, it's really good. Learning heaps. So, awesome. yeah, that's really good. Yeah. So it's just such a pleasure to be able to help so many people. It's just, yeah. it actually blows my mind. So, yeah, amazing, amazing. Mm. Yeah. Do you have any questions about that, Leah? Well, actually, I've not done an e-course, so I'm really interested to know, like, how much time are we talking about in investing in the e-course? And how's it delivered? What sort of things do you need at home in order to uh, participate? So you basically need either a, com a computer or a smartphone phone or a tablet mm -hmm. and um, a pair of headphones because I think it's quite nice to take the interviews that I run over the courses for a walk so you can just kind of just be out in nature looking at beautiful things and listening to inspiring stuff mm -hmm. rather than sitting at home at the computer. Yep. Um, and uh, then what else do you need? Look, it can be half an hour a day or it can be two hours a day. The support group is a really incredible um, resource, a little private Facebook group, mm -hmm. and there are women who spend a good hour a day on there. I'm not going to lie to you, but that's not everybody. It would be maybe 10% mm -hmm. um, of the people, and it really just depends on whether you want to do it as an intensive where you in apply everything every day and go bosh and literally dedicate um, 20 days of your life to it mm -hmm. or whether you just want to listen, take it in, which is what most people do, and I find it a really healthy way to do it as well. Mm -hmm. You take it all in and then you get your end-of-course compilation booklet and then you just start to implement, you know, two, three things a week, little things, maybe change your Tupperware over for glass um, mm -hmm. storage, little, you know, little things, and you just make a few goals. And, you know, I've got women who did October's course still contacting me now and saying, oh, we're so excited. We've finally changed around our pantry to all glass storage and yeah. another box ticked. And, um, you know, good. I did it over 10 years. So to, yeah, exactly. to do it over 30 days is an absolute <laughs> joke. And I say to people, it's a springboard. You know, mm -hmm. that 30 days of intense learning is a springboard to them putting into practice afterwards all the little changes over the next couple of years, you yeah. know. Yeah. So, and then people aren't so stressed out about it because I think right. it can be pretty overwhelming to learn about our physical environment and just how built up it is and just how far away from nature we've drifted. Mm. And um, But then it can be inspiring once you learn that to see everybody start to make their changes and people get their first little delivery of low-tox cosmetics and yeah. Or, you know, find a really great swap and sell in their local area and save heaps of money by selling a whole bunch of stuff and then reinvesting it in low-tox options. I mean, so many people have so many wins. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it is such an individual journey. You can just spend a little half hour a day for 30 days and just sort of touch the surface during the actual course and start implementing after. Or you can go nuts and do it as an intensive. Yeah. It's really just about what you want in your life have time for mm -hmm. you know, we're all busy so and I think with um, a lot of our audience uh, interested in gaps or are doing gaps um, and you really before you start gaps you are supposed to go through your home and clean out the toxins and 
But I mean, I still find things now. I go, oh, I really shouldn't be having that. It, it does take time. Yeah, it does. Um, but you know, when you have a really good reason to do it, like with Leah's kids too, she had to really be careful, didn't you, Leah? Mm. Um, yeah, I did. To, I did to clean yes. out. And if you didn't, you would have. You, know, you had to do it gung ho, didn't you? Well, we did. It was for us. It we saw that the children just ended up with this load that started affecting their communication. Mm. and their behaviour and their ability to learn. Uh, you know, like Gabriel wasn't able to sit still. William was going to the toilet every three days. Wow, You yeah. know, there was areas of um, Gabriel William's language that just were non-existent and he was in grade three and he was speaking more poorly in grade three than he was in grade two. Mm. And we needed to do that straight away and we needed to yeah. do as much as we could and it was it was like a big intervention for us. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, and and some, we just threw everything at it and just, yeah. yeah that's exactly it. right. So yeah. it really just comes down to the individual and yeah. what you want to do or perhaps, as you say, what you have to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got, for me, I did so much, like probably about 80% I did in a month because yeah. I was just so disillusioned and I thought, I've got to get rid of all of this stuff. Yeah. You know, and it really... Um, it was a, a passion project that literally happened for me overnight. Mm. But then after that, there were those little tweaks, as yeah. you know, that you just still kind of discover. And, yeah. and then there's always that couple of percent that you just have to go with the flow. You know, yeah. I was at an event a few weeks ago. It was in a developing community that um, I was looking at doing some workshops with and they were so proud to serve this pumpkin soup and everyone was so excited and it was in a styrofoam bowl. Mm. Am I going to get upset about that and not drink it as this incredible gift of work from the women in that community? Of course not. Yeah. Just drink from the goddamn styrofoam bowl that day. You know, it's not about perfect because there mm. is no black and white and I think we can really harm our mental state if we yes. check perfect. Exactly. Um, so... You know, um, it's yes. It's about making those changes as you can and doing the best you can. Exactly. Not and stressing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's totally counterproductive. So, yeah, I'm really aware of that. And yeah. um, that's why I build my um, meditation into the course. Right. Um, because I just think just ensuring that we're really at peace in our minds and feeling positive and light about it rather than depressed and stressed and freaking out and, you know, it's all about the energy we bring to the space, isn't it? Oh, I wish someone had told me that. I did all the freaking out. <laughs> I did it. It was hard. It was fast. It was manic. It needed to be done, and that list wasn't going to check itself off. So <laughs> I think yeah. I drove everyone mad with the amount of stuff that was being chucked out of my house and my home. And it's you know, like it was great for the community that I dropped it off at. You know, I took it down to um, like St. Vinnie's. You know, yeah. but it was whole bootloads and I remember doing like three bootloads and that had to go and that had to go and, you know, wow. even at the back of the cupboard, so much stuff was still in, you know, packets and tins that wasn't even opened. Yeah. And, you know, like I had got them on sale and I was going to use them in an emergency and, you know, how do you store <laughs> things? Uh -huh, yeah. And then you just sit there thinking, oh, that was so important then, I really don't want to get rid of it. But at the same time, you've just got it. Yeah, Aww. and I love what you've brought up there, Leah, because a huge part of the course is um, the low-tox life one is about simplification. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people start out thinking, I've got to find a low-tox version for every single item that I have. Mm -hmm. 
but what you realize and it's, it's the same with food you know if you go with your non-organic conventional supermarket trolley full of crap um, and weirdo packets of fakeness and you swap <laughs> all of those for weirdo packets of fake organic stuff instead gluten-free but it's yeah. gluten-free then it, I made all that wrong too. I did the wrong thing there too. I did well, and so many of us do. You know, mm -hmm. my yeah. mum talked to me about that. She's like, "Oh my god, it's all so expensive." And we had a look in the pantry, and it was all the shiny, glossy packets, but they had organic written on them. Yeah. So yes, organic packaged food is three times the price of non-organic packaged food. So that's why you have to actually change that's and, right. and simplify. And you have to actually realize that the goal is to minimize how much stuff we have mm. in the first place. Um, you know, I used to have a makeup collection that was in a special box that had three tiers. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think I had that too. <laughs> honestly, now I've got one eyeshadow, one lip balm, yeah. um, one mascara. I, I think it I fits in a tiny bag. bag. No, in a tiny bag. <laughs> I used to have like you, you would have counted five kilos easy in my um, in my luggage <laughs> once upon a time. So yeah. Mm. Oh, oh yeah, it, and it's like you said, it's the same with food. People with trying to swap everything over to I can't have this bread, so I'll have that bread, and it costs ten times more mm. instead you of just going. Well, I really yeah. what am I doing? I really don't need this amount of bread. Why don't I just have some more vegetables or something? Absolutely. Yeah, so, it's yeah. about reinvesting the fluff yeah. into less and better quality stuff. That's right. Yeah. So can you give us a bit of an overview of what you, the direction you go with food? Mm -hmm. So yeah, what absolutely. you believe, yeah. So what I believe is that real is best. Yep. Uh, I think there are some universal evils, mm -hmm. I like to call them. And those universal evils are the refined sugar, yeah. refined white flour, um, especially the bleach stuff, uh, vegetable oils such as um, canola, sunflower, and uh, grapeseed, cottonseed, soya bean, mm -hmm. and genetically modified foods. Yeah. And I would say that those would be the five evils that are evil to everybody just no matter what you believe which yep. niche you want to drop yourself into after that no one should eat those yeah um if we can possibly help it help it and the way i came to that conclusion was by reading um, amazing literature by uh, michael pollan for example um some wonderful new york times writers like mark bitman um, Dr. Vandana Shiva, who is a pioneer in the um, activism against genetically modified monocropping agriculture, mm -hmm. um, and just um, and um, David Gillespie's research on vegetable oils really helped mm -hmm. cement um, exactly what um, the badness of those was. Um, and then, of course, Western A. Price and his work in the 30s about refined sugar and flour. And I'm, I'll never forget reading a chapter about a Swiss town which had a population of 2,000 people and they didn't have a railroad track through their town. Mm -hmm. uh, and this was in sort of the first time he visited, so early 30s. But then when he came back in the late 30s to this same town, they did have a railroad track. 
what that railroad track brought them was commerce yeah, and it yeah. meant they started to swap their local wares for this glossy looking fabulous white flour white sugar mm-hmm. and the first time he visited they had virtually no dental decay in the village and the second time he visited it was rampant yeah so you know a lot of people say oh but we need fluoride no we need better diets yeah that's right fluoride is like you know whether you're into it or not and whether it's statistically proven to make tooth decay better or not in the villages and towns and cities where it's in the drinking water i think is irrelevant what we need to look at is the root cause mm-hmm. the pun, <laughs> uh, but that is the food that people are eating because yeah. it is food that either demineralizes or remineralizes us mm-hmm. and if we don't have that right then yes, fluoride might actually topically be able to save you. There is literature on that um, and studies to back it up, but we certainly don't need it in our bodies, for example, um, through drinking water. Um, So it's really interesting. So, yeah, so I think best is to talk about the universal evils for me because I really like to help people um, start to then at least be working with real foods. Oh, and, of course, Additives, preservatives, yeah. chemicals, you know, that that's a given. Yeah. Um, all that. Alex, can stuff. I just ask? Yeah. If you and I know they're evil and Joan knows they're evil and so many other people know yeah. they're evil, why are they still available? Like, <laughs> where, why, what's taking the manufacturers so long to catch up? Uh, the fact manufacturer that- will traditionally keep operating the way they operate until they're not allowed to or until there's no consumer demand anymore. Yeah. So basically, okay. so it's that, a matter of voting with your fork. Yeah, vote with your fork. I mean, look mm. at look at tobacco. It's the same scenario yeah. all over again. As if they were going to stop making these incredibly profitable cigarettes. As if governments were really going to crack down when they make so much money from oh, the tax. So much money. So you know, and it's the same. I think we'll probably see tax come first, say on soft drinks. Mm-hmm. Um. But, uh, again, um, you know, what are they going to spend that tax on? Hopefully not coal mining. Hopefully how about we put that back into kids' cooking education? Sounds good to me. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, it's up to us to say we don't want this anymore and it's yeah. already started. I mean, you might laugh at this example, but Oreos are now available as an organic line that is pretty are funny you serious? <laughs> yes they are and who do you think has made that so it's the consumer mm. growing that organic market and then the big guys going oh no we this is big you know people are buying stuff because oh, it's no organic. people are buying bliss balls instead of oreos we have to do yeah. something <laughs> so let's make organic oreos now are organic oreos any better no. marginally <laughs> Marginally. So they've still got all the, they've still got the wheat, they've Very still fine. got the sugars, exactly. but it's from yeah. organic sources. Yeah, exactly. Refined so, organic. <laughs> so that, it, but it, again, that's that's helping the consumer tell themselves a better story about their junk food addiction. So mm. we still, there's still stuff to fix there. Yeah. But the point is, the big guys are listening, and they do listen. Yeah. Um, and they're not going to make stuff that people don't buy. That's right. And we certainly can't wait for the government to back us up when you look at the organisations that sponsor the dietetics associations in the UK, the US and Australia are in fact the very companies that sell this refined stuff. Yeah. So we can't wait there. We have to do it ourselves and it's going to be women 
because it's still, like it or not, feminist movement or not, it's still us driving what is eaten in the homes predominantly. And um, I applaud any man out there who is also doing the same for their family. It's not about women being better. It's just a fact that we're the majority um, decider on what happens in the shopping trolley. We're the bigger whinges. (laughs) <laughs> I said that lovingly. I'm not being cruel to my species or anything or to my sex, but, you know. Well, we're just, yeah, we're just more likely to be concerned because we have yeah. a greater desire to bring up a healthier next generation. It's exactly. just true. It's, it's within us. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's yeah. nobody's fault. Um, and, uh, and it's going to be us. It's going to be people like you and I and everybody else out there who is spreading the word on real food. Mm-hmm. Um, an incredible activist like Robin O'Brien in the US who's fighting against GMOs mm-hmm. um, and trying to get labelling happening over there. It's people like Jamie Oliver trying to get kids cooking education mandatory in the G20. Ooh, it's, wow. you know, it's some pretty incredible voices out there that we can now feed into um, to get this real food message happening. And then once you're eating real food, look, I know healthy vegans. I know healthy paleo people. I know healthy whole food people. I know healthy pescatarians, flexitarians. I know healthy people across all of these. And the thing is there will be a scientist who can back up their vegan for health papers, you know, yeah, a mile long and tell you this is the way. There'll be paleo scientists who can mm-hmm. support ridiculous amounts of literature to tell you that is the way. So rather than get confused or feel like you're a failure if you eat a bowl of rice or, <laughs> uh, you know, a chocolate that has actual sugar in it or, you know, I just think real food is the way and to then start to own your right to be your best health professional to listen to your body, to listen to information that resonates with you, um, to join groups where you don't feel like you're an outcast Mm -hmm. and where you really feel like you belong and you're motivated and you're supported. And that might be a vegan group for one person. It might be just a regular whole food page for another person. It might be the paleo way and what Pete's doing for another person. It could be anybody. Mm -hmm. But as long as it's real food and it's working for you, does it really matter who's right? I don't think so. Yeah. You know, I really don't. And then, of course, there's the um, specific diets, the healing diets mm-hmm. um, for people who uh, are actually suffering from, say, leaky gut, as we know with GAPS, mm-hmm. autoimmune protocol, um, low-carb, high-fat, which works so brilliantly for insulin resistance mm-hmm. um, and type 2 diabetes. There are some incredible um, healing diets as mm. well. But for the average person, say you're just run long, healthy, and you just want to get healthier, number one, get rid of the universal evils. Yeah. And number two, just start asking yourself, how do I feel after that meal? What works? What doesn't? You know, mm. and for me, it's it was a, it's been a constant learning journey. Oh, and, definitely. You know, like eggs for example i was eating two a day and wondering why i was feeling really heavy until i saw an ayurvedic specialist who was amazing and asked me an hour's worth of questions before she told me anything which was just you know wouldn't that be incredible if all doctors did that yeah um and she said you know so eggs i'd say maybe four or five a week for you just for your balance of energy um and your type so your dosha i'm vata um, 
heavy. And I can't tell you the change that made for me. And yet I had bought into, well, if I'm not going to be eating cereal, I've got to eat eggs and eggs are amazing and eggs are so full of protein, all these incredible nutrients. And they are, Mm. but it doesn't mean it's right for everybody and all the time and as much as you want, you know. Our personal little messages from our insides tell us everything we need to know about what's right for us if we listen hard enough. And do you find that if you're reducing the chemicals in the home and looking after your sleep and your exercise and, and all those things, getting all that in balance, that voice is stronger? Oh, absolutely, because you've got time. Yeah. If you dial up your mindfulness, which can only be done by slowing things down, essentially, mm-hmm. and really asking questions, um, you you actually have time to, to legitimately ask yourself, what works? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's so funny how we go so fast and so hard that we kind of just scramble for a few pills and a few supplements and a quick doctor's appointment and a script and, and in the effort to just kind of nip things in the bud. But if we just sat down and tried to find the answers inside us, I and mean, the healing comes from within, not from without. And, Sure, there's stuff externally that helps us heal. I'm on a couple of supplements long term myself um, to manage PCOS mm. and uh, and um, uh, and my thyroid. But that doesn't mean I I'm not working from the inside as well. Like mm. it, it's it's or just just too easy to grab everything you want from the outside because you never end up fixing what's really the problem. I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Have you guys, what do you think? No, I think that's that's right. I think there's so many things that we bombard our bodies with that we lose track of what's actually happening there. And I found when I went backwards with the GAPS diet and everything became so simplified, I could yeah. actually hear <laughs> hear my body <laughs> telling me what was reacting. And I'm finding now that I'm more on the full GAPS with a lot more in there, I do find it harder again. And I and I have to go back sometimes and just simplify what I'm eating, simplify mm. what I'm doing, slow down, and um, yeah, figure out why is my skin itchy today, <laughs> you know. So yeah. it's not always it's not always easy. No, but it is it is definitely about simplifying in yeah. many areas. Yeah, and then on those days where it's kind of stressing you out to feel like oh, my God, I don't know what the answer is, just to hit that meditation tape, download a little Deepak Chopra magic and um, and just get quiet because sometimes the busyness of stressing out about what might be wrong can actually stop us from answering the question. I, I know that for me for sure. I just find getting outdoors, like you were saying earlier, yeah. getting outside um, in the sunshine preferably <laughs> hopefully it's not raining but um, just going for a drive to the lake and just sitting there at the lake for me things like that just really really help and I think we we get like you say we get so busy we mm. we neglect all that and we really need it yeah it's a natural part of life that we are supposed to have I know we sure are yeah um, can I just ask some questions Alex would you mind please running through, um, you know, gen- genetic, ugh, genetically modified? Yeah. And then the different certifications, like where do we stand here in Australia on genetic 
genetically modified foods? And then also, how do I make a good choice at the supermarket when it comes to, you know, choosing organic? Is there something, if something's, um, like I've seen the clean 15 and the dirty dozen Mm -hmm. as far as usage as well. So what are the more practical um, things that, you know, because it is, it's stressful when you go to the supermarket and you're trying to make a good choice. If yeah. you don't have all the information, that just obviously adds to your load mm. of um, anxiety or, you know, like you're trying to do the right thing by your family. How can we better do that? Yeah, okay. So, um, again, I don't think the journey towards incorporating more organic food into our lives should be a stressful one. Um, I think the number one thing to do is to move from products to produce mm-hmm. as a mentality. Yes. Um, and, and once you start to make that shift, um, then start to incorporate more organic food as you can. And as you discover a cool local co-op to help you save some money there. And as you discover a particular stallholder who seems to have a really good price on stuff because their farm might be a bit bigger or maybe they didn't get certification, but they don't use any sprays or synthetic fertilisers and you can, you know, find that out from them so you get to save a bit of money that way. Um, I think it's a criminal thing that our our world collectively funds, as in subsidises, $300 billion into um, intensive genetically modified monocropping agriculture mm. um, and yet, Organic farmers have to pay to be certified. Yeah, that's crazy. Produce. So if anyone wonders why the price and why all that supermarket food is so cheap, mm-hmm. um, sadly it's because of the way our governments support the wrong, I think, the wrong agriculture. Yeah. Um, do you think there'll be a change over from that? At some point do you think they'll start subsidising the organic stuff? Is that on no, the horizon, do you think? Unfortunately, humans are pretty apocalyptic and we wait for stuff to go tragically wrong before yeah. we do something. <laughs> yeah. think, of us, think of, you know, Uncle Bob who smoked for 40 years and then all of a sudden tried to change his whole life once he was diagnosed with lung cancer and it was too late. Yeah. You know, it's such a typical thing that we mm-hmm. just go, 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 go. And again, if we become mindful as the first step, then other things just start logically, things start to, to be done in a more um, symbiotic way with nature. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think, again, this is going to have to come from people like us, people like us saying, you know what, it's just kind of weird, this whole GM thing. Um, I'm going to share a link with you guys that we can share um, hopefully at the bottom of this podcast or, you know, when sure. we mm-hmm. Um, to an incredible talk by Dr. Vandana Shiva in Sydney last month who went so far as to talk about the acre, per acre nutrition in um, non-organic versus organic agriculture. Okay. Uh, not, not even just non-organic but GMO. So let's even just say corn, GMO versus organic corn and how many of the different vitamins found in corn um, and the level of in the GMO crop versus the non-GMO crop and it was unbelievable so they talk about saving the world and feeding the world but if you actually look at the nutrition per acre Mm. you would need a massive bowl versus two tablespoons wow so not the nutrients nutrients coming from the soil and into the plant they've actually changed the um the grain or whatever it is because genetically modified or intensive monocropping agriculture destroys biodiversity, mm. which then in turn destroys um, 
the worms and the good work that they do to um, remineralize our soil. You know, oh, we see. should have 80 million, uh, not 80, we should have 80 million, we should have 80 different minerals going through the soil and up into our crops. And in intensive agriculture, we just don't. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, and that's, gosh, it's that's just, because they don't do the crop rotation and they don't do, you know, yeah. like the green manures and those sorts of things. Exactly. There's no biodiversity in that model. Mm. And biodiversity is the key to diverse micronutrients. Which we need for our gut. We sure do, which mm. is exactly why some of the work, like people like um, MIT PhD researcher Stephanie Seneff, who's speaking at Mind in May, um, is doing a lot of research around autism and glyphosate, the, the mm. major um, mm. ingredient in Roundup. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, some pretty scary stuff coming out about so, what's so doing to our gut health. So you can't drink it after all, hey? No, you can't. <laughs> My husband used to work for the forestry department. Yeah. And, oh, the stuff that, you know, oh, it's fine. It won't hurt. You can drink this stuff. I was like, yeah, right. Yeah, no, you can't. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, they I'm shaking my stuff. head. Yeah, there was, there was, it was just, like, shocking. You know, no protection. No. Um, and I've spoken to, um, you know, a, an incredible African woman that I met. Um, she was from Uganda. I met her um, last month at an event. And she has come to Australia to get an education to go home to Uganda and save her community from genetically modified foods because wow. she's seen her father die, her uncle die, her grandfather die. So many men in her village have cancers that none of the elders had experienced ever before and they wow. were not given any education. They're just given the chemicals, and told, to use them. told to use the seeds. Someone even came to rip the seeds out in the middle of the night. You know, this... This isn't a lie. This isn't people wow. trying to be sensationalist. This is happening mm. in villages where there's very little knowledge. So they're, you know, they're sadly taking advantage. And do mm -hmm. I have an issue with genetically modified foods full stop? I, I can't say that I do. I'm not a scientist. I don't know the full story and I don't know how we could best use them to our advantage in the future. Mm -hmm. But I do take issue with the model that allows a company like Monsanto to make seeds royalty-based yeah. so that farmers have to buy them fresh every year and to not only make those seeds royalty-based but to make them such that they the plants that then grow from those seeds can withstand greater amounts of chemicals, which they sell to. Yes. That I disagree with. Yeah. That is something very, very dodgy about that. Very and dodgy. And um, and if anyone out there wants a local resource, an Australian resource, I can definitely recommend um, Madge, M-A-D-G-E dot org dot A-U, mm -hmm. um, who tell you all about shopping GMO free, about GMO foods, labelling GMO, what they're trying to do. Because at the moment, a lot of Aussies think we're safe from GM. We think it's an American problem. We think it's a South American problem. Yeah. But I can tell you right now, if you're buying any multinational company's products in the supermarket mm. and in that ingredient list is corn or soy, yep. now, then I'm afraid that you are eating um, genetically modified ingredients. Yeah. Um, it's just a fact. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't know that. So, yeah, it's a big problem. 
Um, yeah. And I don't have the answers. I'm just someone who's concerned. <laughs> but but I certainly yeah. see an issue and I certainly see the science starting to come out from researchers who are getting funding to do independent studies and it's pretty terrifying. Mm. Um, and, you know, if the best thing you can do is invest in time in cooking and eating local organic produce because you're going to save so much money down the track. Yeah. You know, and again, we talk about all that fluff in cosmetics, for example. Stop buying it all and reinvest your money in good quality um, three or four or five pieces. Mm. Same goes for food. Stop buying the vacuous packets of weirdness <laughs> and reinvest that money into good quality organic food. You will be exactly. cost neutral. You will. Yep, it's, I agree. It's so, it, but it's hard because it's a cultural thing. It and is, it, and it's, it's a habit. And the, you know, everything. It's just, oh, but I just want to have some stuff in the cupboard for when they're hungry. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, like we've all got to train ourselves to do a better job. Yeah. We're doing this for our kids. Yeah. I mean, when fertility, infertility is on the increase at the level it's at, we can't just lay back and let that happen. We've got to change the way we're doing stuff. And, yes, it's scary and, yes, it means a few of us are going to feel like weird freaks for a few years until everybody catches up. Until society up. catches up, yeah. yeah but we've, we've got to do it. We just have to. <laughs> and, our, and our kids are going to whinge at first, but they get over it. I've, I've experienced that. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> you know, it just takes a bit of bravery, a bit of guts, a bit of gumption, get in the kitchen, learn how to do it better, yeah. learn how to shop local. Stop listening to the people that tell you organic is a yuppie, hippie, yeah. rich, hipster-only type of food. It is normal food. Yes. And, you know, I'll tell you guys a story. I was doing a great talk with Costa Georgiatis on the weekend. We um, we presented to the UTS um, Ideas Hub, and this is like a whole bunch of 21, 22-year-olds who really want to change the world, and they're just so inspiring. And we taught, um, we just offered what we knew about chemicals and BPA and plastics and, and those sorts of topics. Mm -hmm. And Costa brought out this um, cocktail that he had just been to a function and so he brought it and it was in a cup and it had ants on the rim. Yeah. And it had some strange sort of local um, berries inside and a couple of other things and everyone kind of winced and giggled about the ants on the rim. <laughs> And then he brought out his incredible humus with all the worms that just were so packed in there. It looked like spaghetti. Oh, wow. And, again, people were laughing and giggling and going, ew, that's crazy. You know, and then I just kind of got up after he did that demo and said, imagine if we stopped thinking this was weird. Imagine if we started thinking, well, why wouldn't I eat an ant? It's yeah. full of um, good formic acid, amazingly alkalizing, pretty nutritious, and um, and those worms provide us with incredible poo <laughs> that goes <laughs> to our food, full of minerals. Why are we finding this weird? I want to get to a point where we pass around a packet of McDonald's fries and an ingredient list mm. and laugh and giggle and wince at that because yeah. that's what's weird, you know? Yeah. And we all, as a room, just kind of went, oh, my gosh, that's so true. Yeah. We've stopped, you know, it's, yeah, it's just. Yeah, 100 years ago, the foods that we eat now, people would just be like, what is that? They would have been sitting in a lecture theatre at Harvard going, what the heck is that? <laughs> they would have. 
that's not going to do anything for you. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, what's some more things that we were going to ask her, Leah? You've got you've you've given well, us so how much. Do we, how do we go about low toxing our home? Because I mean, most people are listening mm. to this at home, and they're going to get off listening yeah. to this, and they're going to want to go do something and be proactive. So, what's something that they can take away from this and actually get involved in doing today? Yeah. Okay, I'll give you a couple of things you can get rid of, or you can rally around getting rid of in your local shops or workplace. Um, and that would be air fresheners and automatic air fresheners. Mm, definitely. The air we breathe is the most important thing to us. Mm. And right now, the air we're breathing in public spaces, especially in the cities, is full of um, endocrine disrupting chemicals with mm. these fake air freshener, fake candles, fake um, mm. pshht, little sound that you hear in a public restroom. Mm. And I think the... You know, to get your activist on today would be to learn a little bit about what's in air fresheners mm. and get a petition happening. Let's say you've got one of those automatic things in your school's bathroom or in the um, in the local shops, um, you know, in the mall, kind of at the, in their toilets. Or let's just say, for me, it was at my tennis club last year where my little son does tennis lessons. And, uh, and you just explain it to families why it's bad and get a few signatures and say, we just, we don't want this stuff in our air. We want normal, clean air. And, um, and that could be what you do in public spaces. And then at home, ditch the air wick, ditch the glad fresh, glade fresh, whatever it is, ditch the plug in car air fresheners. Um, if you don't like the smell of your cigarettes while you smoke in the car, stop smoking. <laughs> That's the solution. Yeah. Definitely. Um, you know, we're just, we're covering up one problem with another problem, and that's what we do. Yeah. We're good at that as humans, but we've got to start stripping it back. And fake smells are just about the best way you can make that first step. So, does, is that the same for perfumes as well? Most perfumes are, do contain synthetic fragrances. Okay. There are some awesome options. Um, yeah, nourished. Is nourishlife.com.au. Irene has some fantastic fragrances on there. Um, I use um, the amazing Young Living Oils and just burn those with a diffuser. Um, and I can't tell you how delicious nature smells. Oh, yeah. Get back in touch with how it should smell. You then start to realise how fake stuff smells so fake. And it, you just oh, it just gives me a headache. Oh, my gosh. Have you guys seen that TV ad um, for the clean, uh, what is it, the fresh air system? No. It no. is hilarious. <laughs> You're talking to two people who don't have TV. Oh, well, we sort of kind of kind of do. I think it's in the cupboard. No. Interviewing a highly urbanised girl here. So, um, Joe, you've seen how small my place is. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just gorgeous. So though. I could go on about how they've got this magical fresh air system that releases air cleaning particles into your air periodically. What? And, um, and to me, like, let's just start, let's just stop again, get mindful, get slow, sit with that. What is that? Where does it come from? How was it made? Do I feel comfortable with how that was made, with what chemicals that go into that product? Mm. Actually, scrap all that. Let's just open a window. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you know, when, when I was 16, 17, 18, we were in America living and, um, we moved into this house and every single window was nailed shut. 
every window was nailed shut and everybody on the street had their doors and windows shut at all times. And it was hey. hot, you know, in the summer or whenever when it was lovely weather. We'd have, we un, unnailed our windows and opened them all up and we had our front door wide open and we'd be, you know, playing music and singing and people would walk past and look in our door like, what is wrong with them? But you know, you'd go into their houses and it was so stuffy and they would, they'd have these air fresheners and candles everywhere and it just gave me a headache. It stunk. And so, I wonder why we've got an epidemic thyroid issue. Oh. It's crazy. crazy. And wow. I, I just can't understand that. I, I think, I suppose it's more of a city thing, I mm. guess. Yeah. Um, but it's sort of becoming the norm and it's very scary. It sure is. Mm. And again, it's just about questioning. If we become people who question, that's half the battle. Yeah. You know, with the food that you buy, with the products that you buy to clean your home, with the stuff you put on your skin, just ask yourself... These questions, where does it come from, how is it made, by who, so what type of company are they, do I agree with their ethics? Mm. And if you answer those questions and the answers are something you don't like, then it's time to make a change because you then start living out of sync with your own values if you keep buying that stuff. It's true. so, and it just feels so peaceful to find local awesome people or even just a couple of people overseas. You know, you don't have to change everything. Um, but just start arming yourself with a really good little black book mm. full of stuff that you know where that comes from. You know the man or woman that started that business, why they started that business, their ethics. And it just feels good, you know. It just feels amazing. And I think one of the reasons that people don't do that more is because of the cost. So um, have you got some tips that you want to share that help people with the cost of things? I mean, like you said, if you're changing over to real food, you will end up cost neutral because you're going to go from packets of stuff that's expensive to real food, which is not as expensive. Exactly. Um, And you'll be saving on your healthcare bill. That's true. Healthcare bill, you save on GST. So if you buy whole foods, that's 10% right there. That's right. Um, You also just need to think differently and shop a little bit differently when it comes to a few different things. So Mm. we talked about makeup. Do you need five different eyeshadows? No. Pick Mm. two colours that you love and buy a low-tox option. In fact, actually, you won't notice a difference in cost. Like if you look at a brand like Relita, Mm. um, I mean, they're all in the early 20s, most of their products, or late teens, Mm price-wise. What? And they're above organic. They're biodynamic. Okay. Incredible German uh, Swiss company. And um, they've been going for a hundred years, haven't changed a thing. Wow! So you can find you st- you know it's a lie that organic is an exclusive club. It's just yeah. starting to dig and find the deals yeah. and the brands that are making it accessible for people. Mm. With chicken, for example, so yeah, that's a good one. Oh, I could not buy organic chicken. I mean, look at the price of organic chicken breast. It's like twenty five dollars for three or whatever, mm. and it's you know fourteen dollars for two free-range chicken breast. Now, with free-range, firstly, free-range is a fast. Quite often, unless you know the farm, they're still packed on top of each other. They're just not in cages. Mm. So that's a bit of a lie, a bit naughty. Um, And the second thing is is they're often fed grains that have corn and soy GM in their mix. Mm -hmm. So you're not really getting um, a healthy product, even though it's sold as a healthy product. Yeah. 
And I say instead of buying breasts or mince or pieces of chicken, trade up and start to learn how to just buy whole chicken. Yeah, exactly. And it is the mm -hmm. same price per kilo. Yeah. People say organic's more expensive, but if you go to a supermarket, I want you to do this for yourself so you can see with your own eyes, a can of Spam is, I think, just under $4 for like a 300 gram, 350 grams or something. Okay. An organic chicken costs you less per kilo than Spam does. <laughs> yep. Seriously. It's, because it's been through all these processes and they've got to charge you for every process. Exactly. And Can the tins and the marketing. And the... <laughs> in tiny sew stalls, cruelly kept Ugh. and processed with all these chemicals and then packed into a tin and shipped around the world. It makes no sense. Just find no a local sense. organic farm and buy a chook. Yeah. yeah. And it's just about debunking. we just got to keep debunking, keep going, I can do this. Yeah. Let my brain create the little pathways of success. Follow some great blogs that have great access to really great resources and just start slowly focusing on that one little thing each week. And Google or Pinterest is great and literally type in there ways to save on organics. I've got a great organic savings tip. You've got some really great resources on co-ops and stuff. Mm. I mean, there's, the information is out there. We just have to decide to start. And, and you just go one by one. And I think also with meals, cheaper meals options, um, because of our the way our society functions, we we waste so much. So a lot of it is just learning to use every little bit of what we buy and not just like just buying the chicken breast. That's sort of an example of how our society is. I bought a cookbook once and it was it was quite a healthy one, but every single recipe in there was for chicken breast, for the chicken <laughs> recipes, I mean. And I'm just thinking, yeah. well, what do you do with the rest of the chicken? Because I was raised buying a whole chicken, taking it apart, using yeah. it in different recipes. Absolutely. So um, learning to make make do with what you've got, spreading it out. I can make three or four meals from a chicken and we've got six people in our family. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, yeah, it's um it's learning to change the way that you think of food and how you cook as well. But it can it can be done, definitely. Yeah, it can be done. Um and it's just about again getting those tools under your in your tool belt. You don't mm. become perfect at saving on organic overnight it's a two three year journey mm -hmm. um of of building up those um resources and the go-tos and getting the inspiration happening and not kind of killing yourself trying to do it overnight mm. it, not everybody can do that or wants to do that it can feel very um stressful so you know it just again it comes down to the person the family um and 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 what works for you, but it is possible. And my number one tip would be, do I need all this stuff? Yeah. Like, you know, like I look in um, sometimes when I shop, if I go to um, a whole food sort of um, supermarket type place, we've got a couple of those in Sydney, mm -hmm. you can get, I can still get caught up in all the products and the pretty shiny packets. And sometimes you go, oh, that sounds nice. That looks good. Get a coconut water this, get a nut butter pre-made that, get an mm -hmm. interesting looking biscuit this or a nice little chip. And I look in the in the basket sometimes and I think half of that is not going to serve me for a meal. Yeah. You know, we buy into products, not produce. Yeah. And that's that's a good thing to remember, isn't it? Yeah. Products, not, I mean, sorry, produce, not products. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. And just, um, you know, maybe do it for the kids' party so that it doesn't feel like you're a completely different type of family, you know. <laughs> there's, there's always, again, I always think there's that little percentage that stops you from stressing out on the journey where you just let, let it go and go with the flow. Mm -hmm. But um, but over time to just think, no, meat, veg, nuts, seeds, eggs, leafy fish, greens. leafy greens, and just keep it simple with that most of the time and then yeah. relax on the rest. Yeah. As long as it's real, of course, and not any of those universal nasties. Yes. Mm. Well, that's really good. I think we should finish up because we've gone an hour there chatting oh, away it's very easy to do day. <laughs> <laughs> we could we could definitely did you have anything else you wanted to mention leah no no but i am going to go and check out her website i think <laughs> you should i think you should yeah i do i well i'm interested probably to follow up on the, the cosmetics part and yeah um yeah just i suppose is there any information on your side about you know chemicals in clothing and, and that sort of stuff as well yeah, I have so a little bit, but most okay. of it is in the course. I won't lie. Oh, okay, cool. Because only because I, I really like helping people um, go through those mental transformations over yes. the months. Okay. Because um, sometimes information, information, information can be overload and there's no transformation. Mm. Okay. And um, But I've got a little bit on Teflon there, some really good resources on how to avoid that. Oh, good. Um, some good resources on how to avoid um, BPA. Yeah, uh, um, and yeah, a few bits and pieces. Okay, so, so there's some stuff to get people started. Absolutely. So if you I'm fine-tuning like, skills. I'm going to be. And that's make, going to be my thing for the afternoon. And make sure um, everybody make sure you follow Alex on Facebook because her Facebook page has got to be one of the most inspirational that you'll find, and um, one of the best kind of. I noticed that if people do argue on there, Alex has the most gorgeous way of turning a, turning around things and just getting. Everybody calm. <laughs> I really love the way that you answer people, Alex. It's amazing oh, because uh, it's such a, like people can get so worked up about these okay. kind of things and especially on social media, you know, you'll get the nasty comments of you're just being judgmental and blah, 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 yeah. which I've had that too. And you're not, you're just trying to share what works for you and share what helps and trying to help the world to see that there is a better way yeah. um, without being judgmental. But, um, and I think... I, th I think I've always noticed with your page that it has a really lovely atmosphere that people yeah. can go there without feeling judged but learn all this stuff. I, so. I find it really important from the beginning. Mm. Um, only because I think we can all think of a time when we've been judged. Of course. And how horrible that feels. Yeah. And maybe, or you can think of a time when you're growing up. And you were, oh, it sounds like someone's kids are going to <laughs> Yeah, that's mine. Sorry, they get rowdy after an hour. That's all right. Uh, it, it can, you can feel like the person who doesn't know anything and you're so embarrassed that you don't know anything that you don't even want to ask a question. Yeah. And I'm, I've been that person. I know that person. And I think if we're going to be educators in this space, two things, it's super important for us to be positive at yeah. every opportunity. Yeah. And the second thing is to make it really clear that this is not about someone who knows lots against someone who doesn't know lots or mm. doesn't know anything or doesn't even realise there's a problem yet. Yeah. That's not about what this is about. It's about trying to bridge that gap, mm. unify us, to realise what the universal evils are. It's not person against person. It's person with person to make a better world. 
Exactly. And, um, and we're not going to be able to do this as lone crusaders. No. Bagging people for not knowing about GM foods or organic benefits. Like that's just so not going to make change. And, um, and the whole anger at the whole world thing. I just don't yeah. think it's, I mean, of course you do feel very frustrated at times with the way that government laws are and things and the way, things, but, but getting angry oftentimes doesn't really help. It just makes people go, Oh, well, I'm leaving this page. Yeah, <laughs> so funny. to have that, that kindness and just sharing with people what you're learning, I think that's really beautiful. Thank you. So thank you for I, that. I, well, you do it too, Joe, and it's, I um, try to. <laughs> It's yeah. important because it important. You know, it's somebody's first day out there. Exactly. Getting curious. Yep. And if we can't make that person feel welcome, then to me, we're doing the job wrong. Yep, exactly. I agree. Well, thank you so much, Alex. Really enjoyed having you on the show. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. I think I blabbed on so much. No, no, no. It's good. Well, we wanted you to blab on. It's good because I didn't have to blab. Yeah, that's right. Leah <laughs> was so I did quiet. The <laughs> I was. I was taking it in. I was writing notes, actually. Oh, good. Oh. Mm -hmm. Very good. Well, thank you so much, and we will definitely have to do that course, won't we, Leah? We will. Yes. Yes. Please join me. May 26th, we're doing the next, next one. Next one. Okay, and how can they find out about that? Just get onto your website. Get onto my website, and I'll be letting um, anyone who's on my newsletter know, um, because sometimes Facebook is naughty and doesn't show people oh. everything, so... That's the best way to find out, to sign yeah. up on the blog. And what can you just say your blog address? I sure can. It's A-L-E-X-X-S-T-U-A-R-T dot com. So Alex with two X's, Stuart dot com. Excellent. Thank you so much. Excellent. Thank that was a pun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Thanks, everyone, for listening into A Quirky Journey. And we hope you enjoyed it and that you found that really helpful and encouraging and um, please post any questions or comments that you have on our Facebook pages. You can go to Alex Stewart's Facebook page, Leah Follett or Quirky Cooking. And if you've got questions for us, and we would love to answer them. And if you have anything that you would like for us to answer on a podcast, we'd love to hear your suggestions. Um, and also visit thewellnesscouch.com and you'll find lots of other podcasts, all different types of health journeys and health issues and all sorts of things that will be helpful to you in your journey. And we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and also check us out on the Wellness Couch. So keep working on those small changes and we'll be back to share more of our journeys with you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.